0: Hello, and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I, your host, uh, Matthew Webby, sit down with amazing people all across the DMs Guild and surrounding space. And um, this evening, I'm I'm overjoyed to be joined by Leon Barrow Arrow. Thank you so much. Yes,
1: thank you so much.
0: How, how are you doing?
1: I'm great today. A little hot, but... Yeah. Uh... Otherwise, can't complain.
0: Yeah, no, I think in, in the UK-wise, um, the current heat, well, we say heat wave, again, for everyone else, like heat wave is like, I think like 30 degrees, and we just cease to function. Um, but there's been storms all over the UK that I just haven't been getting, and I do love a good storm.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've we've been getting a couple, because I'm, I'm right on the coast. Uh, and those are like, those are the best days, when, when the temperature just breaks for... You know, at least 20 minutes and the rain comes. So, you we'll get one of those soon.
0: Fair. And um, uh, so, I, I must admit, you probably didn't expect to come on and chat about the weather. So, I think to, 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 to steer us on topic a little bit. So, for those listening who might not know of some of the products you kind of throw out there, what, what sort of thing are you known for?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, probably the first couple of things that I did are, are probably my most well known. Um, I I was the the editor, a designer, and the playtesting manager on the Book of House. I have an adventure in the Uncaged anthology, volume two. More recently, I've been on uh, a lot of other anthology projects. The Book of Seasons. I have an adventure there, and I edited for that. Uh, um, Table for Two, which is a a duet adventure that, um, or a duet anthology that, by the time this podcast comes out, will will be out on the DM scale. It's that new. I have an adventure there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the adventure guy. I have read adventures.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, you know, from one adventure ride to another, it's just it's a little it's a little bit addictive. Um, so interesting. I am I, I, gonna pick up. I noticed you mentioned for Booker House. You mentioned that you were the playtest manager. Well, I'm I'm curious. So, what, what what exactly did that entail? Was it just literally just gathering groups or?
1: Yeah, so um, probably about eight or nine months into the process of of writing content for the book of house, Willie and I realized that we had play tested about ten percent of it, um, and we didn't really want to prolong submitting the material to the DMs Guild much more than we had to because we'd been working on it a mm-hmm. long time. Uh, so I assembled I assembled a team of extraordinary gamers, and uh, we I like oh man i definitely was the image of that uh it's always sunny skit where he's (laughs) there in the mailroom mine okay so like on tuesdays you're gonna run games and on wednesdays i'm gonna run games but we uh we developed a feedback form we developed um you know we're both scientists so we kind of ran it like experiments where we had control variables and you know we were we were kind of um I mean, you're supposed to do it that way, so I don't know why I'm making fun of it. We're <laughs> <laughs> super nerds about like making sure that the data we were getting was was important, um, and I, I spearheaded that. I, I found the people, I organized the events, I calculated availabilities, uh, passed out the feedback form, collated the results. All that stuff.
0: So I guess so in my kind of the experience that I've kind of done so far, it, I've been very much like I've kind of looked searched for DMs and then kind of gone about it that way. So it sounds like you kind of you kind of tried to gather the entire party.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, after that, uh, because I know that Willie, uh, when Willie and I work together, he does a lot of the design work, and then I do a lot of the editing work, and then we we both kind of do the same, Um, but he, uh, for a lot of the stuff that we're working on now, uh, he's been reaching out to other people and asking them to play test uh so we don't have to do all of it ourselves yeah um it was just like we had to crunch if we wanted to fit our schedule for the book of house so that's that's why it happened that way no
0: i, I get it, it, it again it, it, uh, yeah I I, I I do like the idea of play playtesting like a like a an experiment because i guess it, it kind of is in in its own sort of like special way um what, what were some of the like I, I like to kind of peek behind the curtain. Like, what was some of really the interesting sort of feedback that you kind of took on and then sort of shaped the product a little bit?
1: Um, that's. ooh, it's been a long time. So, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have an interesting uh, piece of feedback about the uh, the play testing process oh, no, uh, that I got from uh, from play testing. and it was that. Um, I'm a very storytelling-oriented uh, game master, very storytelling-oriented game designer, and Willie is very much the crunchy guy out of the both of us. Uh, so a lot of the Book of House stuff was crunch-related, a um, lot of numbers heavy, a lot, um, lot of really cool abilities that are, are written down for you, roll tables. Uh, two in particular is the culinary bard and the, uh, the rogue merchant. And uh, one of the things that I did was I wanted to make sure that because a lot of these abilities were were combat-centric, that we were running uh, like dungeon delves, super intricate combat to make sure that everybody had a chance to use the abilities and everybody felt like they needed to use the abilities that they were we were trying to play test. Not just like, I'm going to use this because I'm supposed to now, but like the moment presented itself, so on yeah. and so forth. But the Bard and the Merchant uh, are very charisma-heavy-based classes, and a lot of their abilities, especially the Merchant, um, they get power-ups the more that they sell things. They get power-ups the more gold they acquire, and it was just, like, impossible to playtest that over um because we were running from tales from the yawning portal which are very much like go in this dungeon collect the thing fight the boss yeah. and the merchants were like oh boy gee whiz i sure wish that there was like some goblin in this dungeon i could sell this thing to so that i could use my ability um so i, I definitely learned a valuable lesson there about um i mean every dm needs to do this but a valuable lesson about uh, making sure that everybody has the opportunity to to use the things that you want them to use. Like you you really got to put it in front of them. Um, and just when we did finally manage to have like a more uh, role play and exploration heavy session, a lot of the, I remember a lot of the abilities that I thought were super crunchy um, ended up being used for really, really interesting ways.
0: No, no, awesome. Yeah, I, I guess, I, you know, that's also like another interesting like uh, facet of like, I guess, subclass design is to, is yeah, literally take the sort of existing like hardcover adventures and just say, let's see, it. let's see how this goes. And then obviously if they can run with the wolves, if that's a good analogy, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like a good rule of thumb to be like, okay, this is, this is like a, a, a fairly balanced class. Interesting. No, that's awesome. Um, then I, I, I guess to sort of like, so was the, uh, how long before you released the Booker House, had you kind of been releasing out stuff on the, the EMs Guild?
1: That was Willie's first uh, DM scale thing.
0: The first foray, and it, no, it's it, that again. It's it's a, it's a fantastic product, and uh, I think was it uh, just or it's been a gold seller for a while.
1: I think it's gold. I don't. I should check. I, don't, <laughs> I think it is. It might be. It might be just under gold. It might be electrum.
0: I'm oh. not sure. But um, but anyway, so and, and and I guess so. What was the what was the particular inspiration? For, for, like it, as I, I take it, it was like a team project then, because it sounds like you and you and Willie kind of bounce off each other kind of perfectly.
1: Um, I know that Willie remembers this differently than I do, uh, so you should uh, you should have him on the show, <laughs> if you have a question as well, because he'll give you the real answer. Uh, but my answer is it was the summer of 2017 and 2017, whatever summer the movie it came out um and willie's like i want to go see the movie about the evil clown and i'm like i'm not i love you i'm not gonna go see that (laughs) um and so i was like at work and he was uh he was texting me he was like i took the afternoon off i'm gonna go see the movie before you you get home from work i'm like good good enjoy uh so i just remember like coming home from work after he sees this movie and i get a text message that says I'm going to make a clown race for Dungeons and Dragons now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Are you? Are you? And I like to this day, I still can't tell if I'm like Stockholm Syndrome into liking clowns because now, like, William and I are working on more clown stuff. It's going <laughs> to come out the Dungeon Masters Guild at some point, and I, like, I've got a whole dungeon prepared. I made a cleric subclass. Like, this is happening. And I, like, I, I go from, like, three years ago to now, I'm like, how did I get
0: here? Yeah. I
1: didn't like clowns.
0: <laughs> I was, was going to say because in 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 the sort of the research idea of like you know checking out the catalog of like stuff, I, 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 there was like a, a slight clowny trend that I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is just it's like, now it's nice to hear the sort of the origin story behind how that all. Sort of.
1: I mean, I don't, I won't work on clown stuff without Willy. So I mean, there might be. It's just, it's our relationship is clowns and dice, I guess. <laughs>
0: You know, I, it it sounds like a solid foundation. I think you know, I think many couples can kind of aspire to that sort of. <laughs> um, so, so interesting. Um, and then I guess to sort of bring it around to your like individual like creative process. Then, so with like, um, was it um products like the hair of the dog? What was what's kind of like? What was your creative process behind you know things like that? Or like again, sorry for those listening, what is what is the hair of the dog?
1: <laughs> so hair of the dog is um my first self-published adventure I published it about a year ago uh it is a story that is meant to tack on to or it fits perfectly rather with uh sort of the end of a Waterdeep dragon heist campaign um it is a a reverse heist it's a, a pulp action noir type I just took all of the like heist criminal pulp tropes and tossed them in there um and it is about a phantom thief that the party is tasked with uh sort of protecting treasure from and it, it features vincent trench the uh i won't spoil anything about the nature of Virta, uh, vincent trench but he is uh he's a prominent character that lives on the same uh street as the players in Waterdeep Dragonheist, dragon heist and i was uh i was very enamored by that character uh vincent trench when i play him is every grizzled ex-cop with a heart of gold stereotype that you've ever seen, right? Like, I, I imagine him as uh, halfway between Zenigata from uh, Lupin the Third and uh, Kyle Hyde, if you've ever played Hotel Dusk, which is one of my favorite visual novels. Um, and so I was like, I love this guy, I think it's really cool. And I was, I was talking to my, one of my coworkers about it, and he was like, oh, you got to give him like some kind of rival. And that was just like the spark of like, oh, well, a rival of this nature needs to have, um, or a, a detective of this nature needs to have a rival of, you know, this corresponding nature. And if you read a little bit about who Vincent Trench and uh, the tit- uh, the titular, I cannot speak today. <laughs> Ooh. If you read a little bit more about uh, the nature of Vincent Trench and the titular character, Hair of the Dog, uh, you'll be like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, I, and yeah, I must admit, so I've I've, I've I I kind of like the Waterdeep Dragon Heist was like it's just like one of the hardcover books I've just like latched onto um, Yeah, and I don't know what it is, like anytime I'm sort of writing an adventure I I do like think of like I could set this in Waterdeep it would be very easy <laughs> It was, yeah, no, I, I don't know I just, just the flow of the book and I think just it's offering the sort of different seasons Um, kind of like I just, I, I think I just gravitate towards because it gives a lot of flexibility. Um, I, I'm curious, so did you feel any sort of like pressure? Like, I know that when I set things, at least like as a tie into Waterdeep Dragon Heist, I'm always like, do I need to make four different branches of this adventure? <laughs> just, to, just to sort of help it or was it, was it?
1: Um, I mean, I, because I didn't tie the, uh, tie the adventure to any of the major villains, and I didn't tie it to like a specific date or time or holiday in Waterdeep. I was just like, you could dump this wherever you want. I will say on the uh, the other side of the spectrum, the thing that I did feel a lot of pressure on was Waterdeep has such a storied history. And because it's such a popular uh, city in the Forgotten Realms, everybody and their mother will know like the most extraneous piece of Waterdeep lore that is buried under years and years and years of, of people writing about it. Um, so the pressure that I did feel was to make sure that every tiny detail about Waterdeep, um, was at least made sense and at least fit into, uh, into what everybody has been writing for, for the last who knows how many years. Um, like, uh, Zolper, the uh, house soul pair which is the quest giver is a uh, a woman from house soul pair um i forget which house i was using before but it like for some reason the dates just didn't add up there's like documents of like the dates that all of the houses yeah. you know were active or wealthy or whatever and it just like didn't make sense that in 1492 that house would have had enough money to pay the adventurer so it's like oh no i need to find another so it was up at like 2 a.m. a couple of days before <laughs> to release, like, which house am I
0: going to use? Okay. No, I, I, I kind of have, like, a, a somewhat similar story of, like, falling down, like, the, the law rabbit hole, I guess is like the, where I was, again, it was a water deep-based adventure, but me and, uh, so I was doing a project with uh, Ginny, uh, Ginny Loveday, um, and as we were sort of doing the research, we realized that there was an, an entire novel based on the kind of adventure premise that we had been working on. And we we're like, how did we not know this novel existed? So we both were like, okay, we need to go, we need to read a book. We need to, like, it, it, it can be, that, like, the weirdest of places. And sometimes you, you find, like, you have, like, three different PDFs open, each one from, like, a different, like, D&D edition. That you... <laughs> mm-hmm. I, think, I think, I suppose sometimes the saving grace is, at least with Waterdeep, some of the last stuff is, like, it's set, like, 100 years ago. So sometimes you have that flexibility of like, it's, it's a hundred years, we, we have some wiggle room to, you know, it's, it's the future now, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I would
1: say, um, one thing that that does give me, cause, uh, I mentioned that it's a lot of pressure, but it's only a lot of pressure because that is the exact kind of thing that I really love doing is, uh, knowing that there's a story that I want to tell and making it fit within mm-hmm. an existing universe. Um, so you know i was i was doing a ton of research on um on Waterdeep, and i needed a uh a place where hair the dog would go as like uh the place where they go to get away right like once they get the thing if the players can't stop them from doing that uh they have to escape and i was like i need a i need a great place for them to meet up with their their companions where should they go and you know what what Terrible disaster should befall everybody there because, you know, this is a d and adventure that just snowballs and spirals. Um, and I, like, I found the fact about why Waterdeep's uh, City of the Dead have walls around it, because uh, I didn't know, and I, I'm, I don't know if they actually mention that, or they at least don't mention it enough in, uh, in the back of Dragon Heist, but it's because of the zombies. And their solution is not to, like, go in and, you know, have a cleric there and, and purify all the graves. They're just like, no, every every 50 years, we're just going to keep building the walls higher and not let anybody in there.
0: <laughs> and I suppose it's weird as well to see that, like, there's occasionally, you imagine, there would be funerals happening in the City of the Dead. that They're just like, just just keep the zombies over there for a little bit, just until we can get the body <laughs> in the ground and then just... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just, like, it, it completely baffles me that in a world where, like, there there is a cleric to presumably every god in Waterdeep. Yeah. Uh, I live in New York, so, um, or I live close to New York, and I, I professionally DM here, and I always use Waterdeep as the uh, the starting city for my players because I'm like, it's fantasy New York City, and it's fantasy a lot of places, but they they know that, they understand yeah. that. So in, like, my perception of, like, okay, if this is fantasy New York City, there's probably a cleric for literally every god under the sun, and you're telling me that you can't rid this this graveyard of zombies. All, all the priests of
0: Lothanda are busy like polishing the spires in the morning. They just <laughs> they just don't have time for it. It needs to be shiny for the next morning, otherwise. <laughs> no, yeah, I, no, it's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I'm also kind of like I do enjoy navigating the. Yeah, it it feels like. It feels like a reverse puzzle. It feels like you have a puzzle with like a missing piece that you just have to like somehow slot in nicely. And when you finally like, what's that? There's those gifts online of like the perfectly satisfying thing when everything sort of clicks together, when you can sit back and be like, nice. It's kind of mm-hmm. all falls into place. Nice. And, and then, so I guess, so that particular adventure kind of start, sparked from just like, um, i imagine sparks from one of your tables hearing about like you know a character that you naturally gravitated towards that you would like okay well they need they need a nemesis is that generally kind of how like the rest of your ideas kind of
1: honestly um i so i i run uh i run games professionally here some of them i run out of a book and a lot of them are um are homebrew campaigns so i just need uh, like a, a well of ideas for what's going to happen next. And sometimes I can turn to the DMs Guild and be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this Baywild adventure and I'm gonna take this salt marsh adventure and run with it. And other times I'm like, oh no, this is a very specific scenario that I need to create for, you know, in, in the next three hours before the session happens." Um, and so sometimes I, uh, a lot of my ideas happen because out of necessity, you know, like procrastination, inspiration. Um, but I also have like a, like a, a weird uh, backlog of adventure hooks and, uh, and things that I'd like to write. And that is kind of what I use as my encounter sparks for my tables. And then if I like them enough, I will, I'll make them into adventures. Um, and the way that I get those is actually kind of fun. Um, so when um when the dm's guild started doing their design dash show i was like this is cool this is the funnest thing i've ever seen in my life you know and like being forced to have an idea in 15 minutes is a is a painful but necessary exercise for me um and i showed it to this discord server that i uh i have this is made up of like all of my uh, my friends from like college, and all of Willie's friends from home, and you know, sort of our like local group here, uh, who are interested in um, sort of the mechanics of of tabletop RPGs and creating and publishing their own content. We kind of have the uh, uh, the the center is on that. Uh, the the Discord server is called the Demon Web Shit Pit because I I loved Lolf and I needed a name. That's, and, that's, that's, uh,
0: sorry, I was gonna say loved is is it, is it not still ongoing? Like I didn't know Lolf was so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, no, we're uh, right now me and Lolf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it comes and it goes. It's yes. it's fine. If she's allowed to change her mind on everything, then so am I. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so the Demon Web Shit Pit caught wind of uh of the design dash and they were like that's cool we want to do that so uh usually we used to do it once every two weeks but now we're doing it like once a month because everybody is weirdly busy mm-hmm. uh i don't know everybody has so many zoom calls to get to at night now yeah. um, but we we have our own version of design dash that we call uh the crapshoot <laughs> um and we'll like find one of those like 365 writing prompts for creative writers, articles yeah. online, we'll roll a die and we'll pick a prompt and then we basically all have 15 minutes to design. Uh, so I have like this backlog of adventures that I really, really hope make the light of day on the TM's Guild yeah. someday because some of them are wild. Um, yeah, it's been super helpful.
0: No, interesting Like, yeah. No, it, it, there is something about like the, the sort of like, like I guess force creativity or just like again was it they say restrictions kind of like just having that thing of just i need to get something down like yeah. you have no time to think and therefore you just you just create diamonds <laughs> you just sort of throw it throw it all. no interesting yeah no i I it's always a case of like i've never i've I always watched like the, the design dash i've never really thought about like playing along at home <laughs> like, and I don't know, maybe maybe that's something that's next 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 time it comes around like the next month. just just click play, play along, <laughs> see see see. How it turns yeah. it's,
1: it's so cool, even just to see um, like when you when you watch design Dash and you go and chat, like how many different directions different people's minds can mm-hmm. go and hear the same idea is so like that is that to me, just seeing that one split second spark after Lisa says the prompt, is the ultimate killer of that idea of like, there are no new ideas because there's, there's hundreds of them in chat right now. Um, and that like, even just seeing the different ways that people could take one idea is so inspiring to me.
0: And actually what was it so speaking of the Design Dash, um, how was, how was your experience with it? You as a...
1: Oh. Very stressful. Like I said, the painful but necessary exercise for me. Um, no, I I had a lot of fun on Design Dash. Uh, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think everyone that I I got to play with both rounds were just super creative and super fun to be around. Uh, and I just like I really like that the DM scale community can get together and do fun stuff like that all the time. Um, this is like been on the internet a long time um but uh this is like one of my favorite internet communities to to be a part of simply because we do get to do goofy stuff like that
0: no no it's awesome yeah and yeah again yeah it's yeah yeah i was gonna say i was gonna think of like some su- summarizing statement but there isn't one so i'll just say yeah <laughs> um, so i guess to um like so I, I, yeah, fantastic sort of like idea generation and then just turning stuff into, uh, it feels like, especially when it comes to like preparing for a session, it can sometimes feel like the the, 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 the Wallace and Gromit train with the, you're putting the train tracks as the train goes. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, it, those ideas, they can eventually end up with like being fully fledged whole things on, on the DMs Guild. And I think everyone kind of has those sort of, like, small word documents that just need, you just, it just needs a little polishing. And then that polishing turns into, like, a two, maybe three-month project.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, that's never happened before.
0: (laughs) But I'm curious. Is there any particular part of, like, you know, from start to finish, what is your favorite part? Like, hands down.
1: I have two favorite parts. Um, My first favorite part is pre-writing. And I never thought that those are words that would ever come out of my mouth. Uh, in school, you know, when they teach you how to write an essay every year, I don't know if, if the British school system is like this, but in the American school system, they teach you how to write an essay in the same way from basically first grade to 12th grade. You know, they're like, and now you have to do the pre writing stage and the outline with the T method of writing the outline. And it's like, well, I know how to do this. I know how to write. I don't need to pre-write. I know what I want to say and I'm going to put it on the page. Um, And so as a, as a very defiant person who was very sure about what they wanted to say for, you know, at least those, those 12 distinct years of my life, (laughs) I hated pre-writing. And then I, I did the RPG writers workshop and uh, Ashley Warren god bless her was like you, you just can't you can't write an adventure without rewriting you need an outline and even before you need an outline you need um you need to get into it like um for hair of the dog I thought I had a really really successful pre-writing process I made the Pinterest board I had a uh I had a Spotify playlist I uh, I watched Willie play Sly Cooper I read like four different <laughs> books every I read Lac I read uh, a couple of Sherlock Holmes stories, we watched uh, we *Bloop on the Third because of course we did. Uh, so I like consumed all the media that, that I thought was reflective of the story I wanted to write. I, I created a visual and an, and an auditory sound and mood board for myself and a lot of these touchstones throughout the entire process were things that I could return to throughout the entire process and sort of spark that like, oh yeah, I loved that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in the trenches of actually writing the project, you're like, why do I ever make words? Why do I, this is terrible. This doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. Um, so having your pre-writing work, which is work, even if it's fun, uh, to turn back to throughout the whole process is, is fantastic and I love it. Um, and I also love how an outline basically gives you permission to have terrible ideas You know, you can just say, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on the outline now. And you know what, maybe later I can think of something better. Um, And I typically do, you know, I'll, I'll write an outline and a week later, I'm like, Liam, why did you know? Uh, (laughs) So, you know, they say perfect is the, is the enemy of good and um, having the right idea is the enemy of having any idea at all. So that's, that's why I like pre-writing is it gives me permission to just get everything out before I, I have to judge myself too hard. And the second part of a project that I really like uh, should come as no surprise. I like playtesting. Um, I would say like 50% of my ideas uh, or 50% of what ends up in an adventure comes forward as a result of playtesting. Um, I will, when I when I run my adventure for the first time, uh, an adventure that I'm meaning to publish, I run it off of the outline. I don't write it. Um, and I, uh, a lot of it is like, the players can do this. What happens next? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And I actually do use that that fear of needing to say something to force myself to make a decision at the table. And so, you know, I, I find that um, my players will be able to point out like, what happens if we do this? and what happens if we do that? And I'm able to craft a more natural path for an adventure after I run it, if that makes any sense.
0: No. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, it's the same way of, like, you know, just taking a session of notes and then turning that into adventure. It's it's the same sort of principle. Yep. It's like you've, it's already tried and tested in a way that you know that at least there's, there's some sort of inherent flow and there's no sort of, like, roadblocks. Um, there's nothing, yeah, nothing worse than taking, like, an adventure that you, you've written all the way through, you bring it to your players, and then there's immediately, like, a roadblock that had you kind of just, you know, started from, like, at least something playable, like not to say it wouldn't be playable but no it's yeah and i'm curious so from the sort of playtesting you did with like the the book of house has that kind of same methodology continued like throughout or have you kind of like varied the way you do your playtesting
1: i think um so me personally uh i like to see um I like to see the results of my playtesting. Uh, I feel like sometimes, unless it's people that I, I know and that I I trust—no offense to anyone who likes to playtest that might be listening to me—I always worry that like they won't look for the same the things that I'm looking for. Um, so I, whether I'm I'm sitting there watching the game or playing through it or running it, usually um, I'm a bit of a control freak. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> um, I I like to I like to see it. I know that um, one of the things, one of my uh, my gray areas, is I really need to get better about sending my adventure material to someone else and having them run it. Um, that's something that I've I've never really done. I've never had the time to do, but I. That's something that I want to start doing, and I know that Willie is very different. Where he's just like, I'm going to send this material and I'll see what somebody else sends back to me. So we're we're very different. Uh, so sort of our our mechanics. Um, our mechanics playtesting has branched more towards the way of Willie, where like he will send a race for a subclass or something uh over to you know people who hit him up on twitter and i'm the one who like i'll take a week and everybody who plays d with me that week will hear okay so i wrote another monster of a of a thing like we're gonna take this behemoth and try to ha- make it have fun yeah. um and they they like that i think i hope my players like when i do that to them
0: I mean, as long as they keep coming back, I suppose that's a good sign. <laughs> and no, it's, no, it's interesting because yeah, I, I think I, I must admit. So the kind of the, the playtesting I've done with my adventures has either been I've run it myself or I've sent it off, and I've only started sending off with like my last two kind of finished things, and it's not. It is a it's a weird experience because it's the case of it's it's completely out of your hands now. Um, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated about having the opportunity to sit in. And play one of my adventures with like a like a different DM. Um, I'm not again from like the the from a scientific angle, uh, from a scientific standpoint, it does feel like you're tampering the results. <laughs> just, but as like a like you know just a, a silent observer, just playing a character that is just uh, low intelligence and just kind of very much go with the flow. Who's <laughs> probably.
1: I think, you know, it would be cheating, but I think what would happen there is like, if there's something that like, I don't know what would happen if, uh, you know, what, say so what if the players did this, what would happen? You know, sometimes I'm like, you know what? That's on the DM, you know, like adventures can't account for all of that. But if it seems like something that is is glaringly obvious, and I don't know the answer, Pro- I'm, I'm a terrible person. I'd probably be like, "Hey, somebody want to run this for me?" and then I would do it to them and see what happens.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, in, in fairness, yeah, no, I, I, there, there is again. I suppose if adventures were designed to be like have every contingency plan, each adventure would be like a hundred pages.
1: Impossible but, to read.
0: Yeah. And and so yeah, I suppose that at some point you have to be like, okay, well, this is this is on you. You know, I I I've given you a car, I've given you the keys, where you go and how it. You know, <laughs> if you lose a wheel halfway through, that's you know you're gonna have to work with that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and then I'm curious because you mentioned as well that you do like a fair bit of editing, uh, for just general content. Is there any part of like an editing project that you particularly enjoy?
1: Oh so my my favorite part of editing is that it's made me a much better designer um, I and like not like I'm stealing your trade secrets when I edit your work for anybody who, who might have had me as an editor uh, but I, I definitely do get to absorb a lot of what I read how people approach problems how people approach uh, laying out of information because when I started writing adventures um, we have, we have like all of the, the 5e hardcovers in the house. So like, that was really my, my template for like, all right, adventure should use this wording, adventure should do that. And, um, you know, I, I had some, some adventures on the DMs Guild, but not really when you, when you're just starting out, you really don't know where to look, you don't know where to go. Um, so one of the things that honestly, I think made me a better, a better designer was starting, uh, Editing these uh, for like collaborative projects like uh, the Book of Seasons or Table for Two and getting to see how other people handle certain problems, how other people handle certain stories. um, It's just been like super, super helpful. And I know that even if I you can't steal their ideas and write on the DM skill i mean legally you can because of the DM skill but you shouldn't because that's a terrible thing to do yeah. but i definitely do like read some of these ideas or story hooks and go oh well that you know i want to use that maybe not that idea but that certain uh that concept in my home game i remember i was editing um pretty little liches for zeke mm-hmm. uh zeke gonzalez and pretty little liches is some of the best uh if you don't mind me saying tier four content that i've seen i love it and um there's this um there's this skull lord that's a a random encounter that you can you can see before you even get to the dungeon and as i was editing that stuff i was like huh skull lord and i think like editing Zeke stuff incepted me because now every chance i get i'm like i'm putting a skull lord in and (laughs) he's gonna be uh like He's going to be a comedic character, but he's going to be able to kick your ass because he's a skull lord. Uh, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely do carry pieces of of the work that I edit with me as a as a dungeon master.
0: Oh, hundred percent. I, I think it, one of the, the like the most great things that I've picked up from like reading other people's adventures um, is just the creative use of certain creatures. As, oh, I'm so blurry. We're sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of focus. Allow me to, I've, I've gone to the blurry realm. Hopefully that's, that's a little bit better. Hey, there we go. Um, <laughs> as I was saying, um, the, the creative ways in which people take, uh, seemingly like, like mon- not mundane creatures, but like the environments in which they put creatures that add, give them a whole new life or uh, again, yeah, yeah, just skull odds. Just
1: uh, <laughs> that's all you need.
0: That's, that's all you need. No, think, yeah.
1: Um real quick, because like yeah, you, you can't get a lot of that stuff by uh by just reading. Um, but as someone who the way that I learn is very much like taking in information and then uh like making it my own or working mm-hmm. with it, editing really offers me an opportunity to uh, because I, I actually do have to actively engage with the stuff that I'm reading and ask myself, like, does this make sense? Is this consistent? Is it, uh, you know, are the mechanics there? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just, I realized I made myself sound a little bit like a leech. Like, let me edit your content. <laughs> increase my power level. Um but please let me edit your content and increase my power level. Yeah.
0: I I just, I just imagine like you've got like a, a, like a trophy ward of like, of like all the people you've edited for and you just have like a fraction of their power in like small jars.
1: A a little bit. uh, That's,
0: that's, shh, don't tell (laughs) me. It's it's fine. It's fine. I have a short term memory anyway. (laughs) No, interesting. And then I guess like to, to flip the coin on the other side then, for both your creative process. And then when it comes to editing, are there like, are uh, there distinct, like least favorite parts that you have?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think my least favorite part of editing is, um, like i like to edit in, uh, cycles or passes. So like I'll, I'll let it once and then I'll let, uh, I'll let uh, the author make revisions and then I'll let it a second time. And then typically my third time is the copy editing pass. Mm-hmm. And, um, Somewhere around like halfway through the second time or the third time, I'm like, I've read this, you know, at least four times because you got to go over things over and over. And I'm like, I start to lose steam a little bit. So that kind of like middle of the, the road editing mm-hmm. part, where I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at this text anymore. It's good text, but I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Just, um, yes, yeah, it's kind of a boring answer, but my least favorite part of like any project is actually doing the work. Um, you know, when you have your outline and you're like, I know what I want it to say. And then the outline is like, and stuff goes here and you're like, I don't have to write. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, I I like writing. I really do, but it's probably the most boring part to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I like having the ideas and, and fixing them and making them better. Um, so that I kind of cheat by like. I pretend that writing is actually editing, which I kind of like. Push the writing off to uh, to outlining, and if I can iterate on that outline enough, then writing actually is just editing, which is the part that I enjoy.
0: No, it, that's yeah. I suppose that's the the rare benefit of being both the writer and editor in in one. <laughs> you get to almost almost cheat the system. No, it, yeah, yeah. I know. I I I kind of hundred percent kind of agree with that sort of like sentiment because sometimes, like, I, I quite like skeleton, 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 doing the the skeleton of the document. I was trying to make skeleton a verb, (laughs) (laughs) which which again, I think this is why I need an editor, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah. And and then there there are like chunks where like my, my brain is always kind of like brimming with ideas that I'm kind of exciting to sort of think, but then there are the sort of like the, the sections that you just, just like, again, for an adventure to flow, you sometimes need the dips and you still have to write the dips. So it, it's, it's trying to, like, push through and be like, okay, well, no, I just need to write how, like, when you return to this character, what they say and, you know, what they give you, they give you, like, three gold, and they get to jog on or whatever it is. Oh,
1: you just reminded me of my actual worst favorite part. Uh, well,
0: hey. favorite,
1: least favorite part of any creative project, which is coming up with names. I can't
0: oh. quit. Is there, like, names of the whole project or just, like, character names?
1: anything naming anything is so i have so many placeholders you know i have so many so many bobs so many character a's mm-hmm. uh shout out to emily i think that's her name who runs fantasynamegenerators.com because she has saved my life so many times mm-hmm. or, uh, or whatever emily's pronouns are mm-hmm. um i <laughs> there's a there's a an inside joke with all of my uh my D groups where i will introduce a character right and it could be a guard it could be like somebody who's working behind the counter at the library like they're not supposed to have a name and then all of a sudden the players just start talking to this person and then they go oh yeah by the way what's your name which happens to every dungeon master and i just look at them and i go um it's fantasy name generators.com so there's just a lot of people named namegenerators.com running around. My version of Feyrune. No,
0: I, I must be, I, 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 That's fantasy generators. That, that, I, I use that. That's how I get my names nine times. Like it, it's it's like a case of like where you get the list of ten names and then you feel like you have a little bit more agency by mix and mashing. Like you take one half of one name and then one half, and then you're just like, there you go. I'm 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 a, I'm, I'm creative rather than just. <laughs> No, but I mean, it, it's, it's a fantastic tool. And again, i yeah, it's, 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 it's sort of the, the people who do the, like that. And, um, with it Cobold fight club, um, though like the people who like put the work in and sort of develop those tools or, um, one thing I also, I really like to use is there's a forum post out there where someone has listed all the ideals, bonds, and traits. Um, and I I just I again when I'm writing I always go back to that document because when I write characters, I like to see, you know, all these and I, you know, it's yeah, it's it's things like that that you just speed up the development process significantly. And these people are like um unsung heroes of of I imagine like the DMs gold.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I should really I should really add Emily that the special thanks of everything I've ever published.
0: Yeah, no. I, I, at this point, I, I think I feel obligated to double check to see if they have like a a, a kofi or like a donation point because at this point, they, they should be getting royalties, like for the number of names.
1: <laughs> yes, they should. Oh, oh my god.
0: So yeah, this this special episode goes to Emily and, <laughs>
1: yes,
0: or, or just the, the the unofficial sponsor for this podcast. <laughs> I'll
1: steal names from William Shakespeare and then, I'll, like, I'll know. Uh, people will be like, Leon, you can't, you can't name all of your characters after Shakespearean characters. I'm like, oh, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> or I was, I got, I lucked out for a uh, book of seasons. I, uh, I wrote a, uh, an adventure for the fall mm-hmm. and I live in New Jersey. So I wrote about the, uh, the New Jersey devil. And so most of the characters that I actually, I put in the adventure already have names, right? Mother Leeds, Jim Leeds, her son, the Jersey Devil. Um, and then everyone else I just named after like people I knew or bastardizations of uh, the names of musicians who lived in New Jersey. So there's like, there's an orc named Jovi.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, if it works, it works. Like nine times of 10, it's like the case of where, like if you're playing at the average table, goes by unnoticed but like one out of ten times there'll be someone like like ah, oh, it's a pun it's a pun name i didn't <laughs> and i'll be honest i live for those moments they so, you know they... <laughs> no fantastic um and then i guess to, to i guess to summarize everything across like you, you from when you started to like where you are now are there any sort of like particular lessons in both like writing yourself or editing yourself that you kind of wish you'd learned earlier or
1: Um, yes. Uh, I think that I am, I'm super proud of the work that Willie and I did on the book of house, but we, uh, we released that book and then we joined the DMs guild community, so to speak. Uh, we were just like, we downloaded a couple things off the guild. We, we, Used uh, our own network of of play testers and and friends to help us do all the designing, and uh, the art budget on that book. I don't I don't even want to talk about. Uh, really was just like we need we need good art. Uh, <laughs> the book won't sell if we don't have good art. And I love the art in that book, but I feel like um, a lot of the mistakes that we made with the book of house we absolutely would have been able to avoid if we had gotten involved with the community sooner. You know, like, um, even if I'm not very active on the the Discord, I lurk a lot on the Discord, and I learn a lot just from reading or even being a part of the Facebook group or following everybody on Twitter. I, um, I've learned a lot of lessons um, that I, I definitely probably could have stood to learn a little bit earlier, earlier, right? Like there's royalty free art out there. If you know where to look, there's, you know, where you could just get stock art. You don't have to commission, you know, every single piece for your book, although it's it's good art, but we do not have to do that. Um, (laughs) you, uh, everybody needs an editor. That's, that's another important piece of advice. Like just because I'm a writer and an editor, uh, I would never, ever want to release a product that somebody else didn't at least take a look at. Mm-hmm. Hair of the Dog was released as part of the RPG Writer Workshop program so that, like, everybody swaps drafts and sort of trades them around for mm-hmm. editing. So I got to, you know, I got a couple people's eyes on mine and then uh, I got I got to look at other people's. And that was obviously a fun part of the process for me. I don't know why I like to edit so much. I'm a busybody. <laughs> um, but, like yeah, if you're, if you're gonna submit an, an adventure or a a large scale project, um, I think that my, my biggest piece of advice, and it, it sounds, you know, like I'm advertising, uh, but I'm really not, you're, you need an editor. You need somebody to, um, to make sure that everything makes sense because you're gonna, you, you expect the words that you're gonna read. So it's, it's always gonna be confirmation bias. And even now, when I look back at some of the things that I submitted uh, without an editor, uh, you know, months later, because I'm a different person now, I'm so disgusted, right? <laughs> I have a, um, oh, I'll call myself out. Uh, I released uh, The Core Problem in March after I was on the design dash and um, it was literally just like, I will clean this up and you know, add it as a pay what you want as an advertisement for me because I was on Design Dash and you know, everybody pay attention to me. Yeah. Um, and so I had a uh, a triant uh sapling as this little, you know, stat block that you could, you know, this is a companion for your party. And I looked at it recently, and I noticed that the hit die for this tiny creature was a D twelve. I was like, "Leon, why did you do that?" <laughs> and if, like, I had any editor, any editor would have been like, "Leon, that's not a. There's a tiny creature. You can't. It's not." But I, uh, you know, you just sometimes, uh, sometimes you just don't know what you're doing. So that's my. uh, that's my PSA. Everybody needs an editor. Everybody needs, uh, not everybody needs custom, uh, custom commissioned art for every single page of your, your stuff and get involved with the community because everybody, everybody really likes talking. Mm-hmm. If you could tell from the last hour.
0: <laughs> well, no, across, was it? I, I think this is like, I, I, I was about to say how many episodes I've done, but at this point, I don't know. I think it's like 36, 37. I think hands down, than like the the one of the most common things is people saying, "Yeah, I kind of wish I got an editor earlier." But I I think at this point, like if I were ever to do merch of this this podcast, it would you be get get an editor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I mean, I, I I made the same mistake with like my my first product or my like my first thing out is because I I, I think what it is is like it takes putting a project out there to then realize that there is this whole community about it. Um, and it was a case of like, I threw something out there, uh, didn't have an editor. And then I joined the, joined the community. I got involved and I was like, oh no, this is, yeah, no, now I have this, this kind of, I get uh, not a blemish. I'm quite proud of my first product, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the standards just by, you know, the, 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 the minimum of getting an editor or, you know, just seeing what kind of art is out there. Um, it's, it's small things that just like really bump up the quality, the overall quality of, of a product kind of.
1: Absolutely. And I like, I do want to caveat that by saying like, um, if it's just like a a quick subclass or an adventure, like normally I'm like, that's you do you. But if you're, if this is like a large project, if you're adding like a bunch of of new options and it's like 15 plus pages and a Mm -hmm. bunch of people are working on it, sometimes I'll see those teams who don't have an editor and I'm like, why?
0: (laughs) please please just just get out of there. It, it again this was case. like it doesn't have to be me i know i know so many other editors it just <laughs> yeah
1: and it's um yeah it, it also makes you a better writer when you when you have the chance to work with an editor um a lot of the things that i learned about adventure writing were from uh you know tk johnson who was my editor for my uncaged anthology being like Leanne you can't do it like this here's a suggestion or you know uh Kat Evans editing my stuff for uh for the uh the book of seasons so you know I I love getting to work with an editor because it it makes me a better writer too
0: oh yeah hands hands down you know what one one project I'm going to get two editors just just to treat myself (laughs) because <laughs> I, I, I it can either be like the, the best outcome or the worst outcome um, but I don't know I'm, I'm willing to experiment <laughs> so um, I guess looking to the future and talking about the community as a whole then um, do you have like a, a particular like dream project or something that's kind of far from the distance or
1: a dream project yeah. um, so my dream project that I just like I don't know if I'll ever have the time or the energy to do I really want to make uh, sort of eight more adventures along the lines of of the dog. Um, and this is the point where you might want to mute me because I am going to spoil the identity of Vincent <laughs> Trench now. Um, Vincent Trench is a rakshasa, which is a, uh, a tiger fiend. And uh, I am
0: seeing
1: yeah, with back of his hands, he's the coolest. Um, but... What I really want to do is, I want to make a series called The Nine Lives of Vincent Trench. And they are uh, progressively um, sort of for higher tier adventurers Mm -hmm. after Waterdeep Dragon Heist. So if you like, if you get the gold or you, you know, do whatever, you finish the adventure and you don't want to leave Waterdeep, Mm -hmm. uh, you could just keep living in Waterdeep and play these adventures. And each one would feature a. an old alias of Vincent Trench with a different tragic backstory every time. So it's just like when you when you see him be that like that noir somebody hurt me a long time ago ex cop type character and you're like who hurt you he like takes out a list and it just unfolds it's <laughs> like all these people.
0: That, no, that and the, the sort of branching it again. That that sounds like an amazing project line. That's no, I'm, I'm hooked <laughs> that's, that's just because I suppose. Like, what is it? I, with at the end of like Waterdeep Fragmentized, you do have the option of like Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which is like it's not really Waterdeep anymore, it's you know, a whole yeah, one, yeah. It's, it's a
1: dungeon, <laughs> it's uh, it's Whiplash at that point, because mm. uh, you go from um, you know maybe you'll see one or two dungeons in the entirety of Dragon Heist and then, and then your campaign becomes Oops All Dungeons. Which um, is one of the main reasons why I didn't transition to Dragon, or to Mad Mage after Dragon Heist, because I was like, my players are not going to like this. No. Even the, uh, we went to Ghost of Saltmarsh next, and even the amount of dungeons there, I was just like, oh, they might be getting a little fatigued.
0: Yeah. But no, it, no. again, I, the, yeah, I, and so with, with the, with the uh, Nine Lives uh, would it be including hair of the dog? Is like, and, yeah, and, and that's the dog.
1: Like
0: eight, would be yeah. Fun. No. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I suppose that you're obligated to do it now, um, but <laughs> that's, that's a little bit, a little bit presumptuous. No, that would be. I would. Um. Uh, yeah. I. I can't imagine the undertaking that would be to commit yourself to eight adventures, but. <laughs> it's, I, that's I, I, why. I, yeah. I, the, the, the prospect is, is interesting at the very least, at uh, yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, nice. So uh, a, a, poor, a poor segue aside. <laughs> um, looking at the community as a whole, then, um, is you mentioned that, again, being involved in so many sort of collaborative projects, um, as well as being, you know, um, I guess, a, a partner in crime with Willy. I don't know if that, <laughs> that would be. Um, is other, is, like, who are some of the people in the DMs Guild community or you know, beyond that kind of like continually inspires you? That's
1: a good question. Um, I think that everybody probably says Lisa Penrose and that it's cheating at this point, uh, but Lisa is super inspiring to me. Um, I would say Ashley Warren absolutely. Um, actually Warren is the type of person who will tweet something and be like, I think I will do this today. And then like a year later, she's won awards for it. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, but like in, in a way that lifts everybody up around her, which is, uh, just, just the power, the power that actually Warren has is incredible. Uh, not just to accomplish the things that she wants, but to empower other people to accomplish the things that they want. um, and then I think the last person would be Laura Um, You know, we're both editors. I look up to Laura a lot.
0: <laughs> no, again, yeah, as much as I can't argue, but I, I'm never one to argue on, on like who's <laughs> inspirational. Like hands down, like all. I mean, in particular, like all both all three of them have kind of done their parts to kind of like rise the tides with them. Obviously, uh, was it Laura okay. did the amazing word template. Um, which is getting some amazing use. um actually obviously doing the um like uh, rpg writer workshop which is en- entering its second year and like every year it's just growing um and just just you know uh just, just made, like so just doesn't like we, we we couldn't have got a better like community <laughs> community manager than
1: absolutely yeah they're all just fantastic
0: people now yeah. No, no, Again, I, I I like this question because it always it, it gives me the warm fuzzies. <laughs> it's, it's like it's you know it's just a, a nice a nice sort of feeling. Um, and then looking at looking at the time, I think we we are kind of coming to like the end of a our, our, our lot of time. But um, just to give like a sneak peek to the future, then um, what are some of the things that you're working on at the moment, and more importantly, where can we sort of hear about them?
1: Oh, uh, so. A couple things I'm probably not allowed to talk about, mm. um, but I can't, yeah, I, oh, I can't talk about this now. Um, so not DM skilled related, I am currently working on an adventure for, uh, MCDM's new Patreon exclusive magazine. Yes. Um, so, uh, thank you. I'm so excited about that. Um, I am also going to be writing uh, one of the adventure outlines for um, Fantastic Layers, which was a, a Kickstarter uh, project a couple months ago.
0: I, um, I believe what was it was it a stretch goal that got you involved.
1: Yeah, a lot of really, really cool writers on those stretch goals. Um, mm-hmm. And for DM's Guild stuff, Willie and I are working on more clown stuff. Nice. Um, I, I actually can, can't talk about this, because this, this is my project, so I can't <laughs> think of it. Uh, I have a, a puzzle dungeon. Uh, it's, I'm sad that the, the name Funhouse Dungeon is taken, because it's not actually a funhouse dungeon, but it is a dungeon that operates like a funhouse, um, and it is an old clonish ruin uh, dedicated to all of the clonish gods, and each room is a, a puzzle that you kind of have to have to work through. And uh, when you clear all the puzzles, you are introduced to a new god from the clonish Pantheon who is not covered in the Book of House.
0: Wow. No, it, I, get, I, was, I think what I also love about the idea of like a, a puzzle dungeon is the fact that it lends itself to like just being like a collection of puzzles that other DMs can sort of just like, say, like, oh, I like this puzzle. That's, no, that's, that's, that's exciting. I, there, there isn't, yeah, there's not many puzzle, co- much puzzle content out there. So that's going to be really exciting. I that,
1: right the word puzzle is used rather loosely and you probably wouldn't want to take them out of here because if you divorce them mm-hmm. from the context of this is about clowns, people would probably. <laughs> <have them>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I suppose that that's fair. Yeah. I suppose you know the, the clown runs deep in this one. <laughs>
1: They are definitely puzzles in the way that, like, you're, you're not going to be able to uh, to solve this by, like, taking your axe out and swinging it. Well, there's one room where you could do that, but the rest <laughs> of the as, as
0: long as there's one. You just need one to keep the, you know, the resident barbarian or fighter happy, and then, yeah, you've, you've got all your boxes. <laughs> and, the, and then, yeah, so, go, so, like, it's the best way to, like, uh, follow you on Twitter, or, like, where's the best way yeah. to hear about this? Uh,
1: yeah, so my, my Twitter is the best place to follow me, at uh, Beryllion. You could find me probably on any social media that I have. I, I have claimed the username Berlion. Um I also have a website that I update, you know, once every 14 months, Uh, uh And then the blog, which is berillion.com slash blog, which updates much more regularly than the actual website.
0: Well, like I said, we can we can uh, they'll, they'll, at the very least there'll be links to your DMS Guild profile and like your uh, Twitter below. But we can throw throw all of those in the, in the doobly doo or as. <laughs> but no, again, uh, Leon, thank you so much for taking the time to have this chat. This, this time's flown by. This, this, has been, this has been really good. It's so um, fun. Yeah, uh, um, and uh, was it? I've been I've been Matthew Whippy. You can find me at Um I think at this point I'm getting vaguely close to releasing an adventure. Um, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to predict two weeks ahead or like, sorry, a non-disclosed amount of time ahead. I don't want to reveal how much of a backlog I have, (laughs) but, um, I may, there may be a link in the description. There may not be. It's a mystery. (laughs) but, um, my, my final question then, my closing question, um, how do we end a podcast?
1: I just started listening to podcasts. Um. And the best, my favorite podcasts, have a really cool outro jingle.
0: Oh, and
1: I didn't write one.
0: I figured we
1: could write one. We together. could write one
0: together. Um, I think it's like a. I, I I like the do 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 do. So just just. Do, 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 do. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. And goodbye.